You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, our desire is to create a Christmas to remember that this Christmas season would be unforgettable in our lives. And around the Christmas time, there are words that we use every single Christmas that kind of are buzz words, so to speak, in regards to making connections with Christmas. And I'm just curious, if you could think of one word that describes Christmas, what is the one word that comes to your mind? And in just about three seconds, I want you just to share it with everyone around you, all right? And so get a word in your mind. What's the one word that you think of when you think of Christmas? On the count of three, here we go. One, two, three. Oh, very good. I have no idea what you said, but I'm curious. If you asked a child that question, it may be different than a student, a, a, a teenager, and it may be different from a young adult to a middle-aged adult to an older adult, but I'm curious. you got to be honest now. Did anybody here say the word joy? Just raise your hand. Oh, yeah. All right, joy. Did anybody say peace? Oh, yeah, we got a couple peace did anybody say love? Oh, a few of you said love. And did anybody say hope? Did you really? Don't be lying. All right, we got one hoper, one hope. I love it. These four words are synonymous with Christmas, aren't they? These are the types of words that you see on the mantle at Christmas or on an ornament or on a banner or on a Christmas card. And these are not just cliche words. There is meaning, there is significance behind these four words. Do you agree? This, and when we talk about a Christmas to remember, we want to tackle each of these words over the next few weeks and take a good look at these four words. But there's one of these words, the word love, which will be in two weeks from now, which is on Christmas Sunday, on the 22nd of December. We want to mobilize every single one of us. That if there was ever a time you were going to invite the one person in your life that you're believing that God, if he touched their heart, it would transform their lives, that they need Jesus, we want Christmas Sunday to be the Sunday that you bring your, your one. I and mean, you can bring them any time this whole season, but Christmas Sunday. We're going to be singing carols together. We're going to have opportunities for family pictures. We're, believe, we're going to have some hot chocolate and cookies. We're going to present our best self as a church, and we want you to bring your guests on that morning. And we want to create a, a, a Christmas to remember, and we want it to be un forgettable. And uh, you need to help us with that. And so be thinking, who can we invite this Christmas to be able to be uh, with us? But today we're going to tackle the word hope, the first word there. And when we talk about the word hope, it's used in the Bible from cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation, 130 different times, depending on the version of the Bible that you use. 
It's seen in 40 different chapters, and it's seen in 28 of the books out of the 66 books in the Bible. Now, it's possible that you today are, you know, don't necessarily agree with the Bible, or maybe you bring a guest at one of the services this Christmas season, and, and your guest is like, you know, I'm not sure I've really put all my hope in the Bible, or, you know, I don't understand it, or I don't really believe it. But one thing we can agree on, I believe, whether you believe the Scripture or not, is that Scripture, the Word of God, what we call the Bible, the 66 books closed up in this, what we call the canon, it can be and it should be respected because of its impact on history. And we're not going to take the time to talk about the impact that the Bible has had, but it is unmistakable it has had impact. And so we're going to study God's Word this Christmas. And you can share that with your friends. And if they're like, ah, I'm not so sure, you can say, look, even in history, it's had impact. Come, and you can at least respect it for that. Now, hope is found in the Christmas story. How many uh, can imagine that? We can look at Matthew's account. We can look at Luke's account. Today, I want to look at Luke chapter 2, and I want to just set it up, kind of set the stage here. We're going to look at a couple of verses but this is the section of Scripture, Luke chapter 2, where we see Jesus being born. But before his birth, there was a census, and Mary and Joseph, they're making their way back to Bethlehem. And in Bethlehem, we know that Jesus was born. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes. He's in a manger because there was no room in the inn. You know the story. And then as the story progresses through Luke chapter 2, we know that there are shepherds in the field, they're tending the sheep, and then all of a sudden the angels appear and the shepherds are excited and overjoyed. No, it says they're terrified. They, they're out there and these angels appear and can you just even imagine how terrified, like what in the world's happening? And that's where I want to pick up the story uh, today. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and uh, 11 and 12. Uh, turn with me there. Luke chapter 2, verses 10, and I should have marked this in my Bible I don't, this is the only one I didn't, it's a key verse. But anyway, here we go. It says this, but the angel said to them, so the angel's out in the field, and said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. In those few little verses there, we see hope. And I see hope in three of the words here. And we'll highlight those here for you. The first one is good news. There's good news. The gospel uh, is, it can be related there. The second word is savior. Uh, that they're to save the people. And the third word is Messiah or Christ, the anointed one. When the bottom line in, in for today's message and for this series uh, that we're talking about for Christmas to remember is that there's good news 
the Savior, the Messiah, is here. And what I would like to say together is that hope is here. Let's say that together. Hope is here. Hope is here. Now, how many of you have ever seen the Charles Dickens, uh, uh, the classic, A Christmas Carol? Have anybody seen that movie? Maybe you've even watched it this year already. Um, there's in the, in the story, there are three ghosts, right? The ghost of Christmas, say it with me, the past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. Well, in that same mindset, I'd like to get our mind, wrap our mind around hope, and I'd like us to look back first at that word, the past. In the Christmas story, it says here that they were that the angel was presenting good news that a savior, a Messiah, was born. And according to Scripture in the Old Testament, you you may know this, but that God's people had been promised a Savior, a Messiah, that he was coming. There are over 300 messianic prophecies about Jesus Christ himself. And it traces all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, that Jesus would be a human. He'd be in the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was a descendant of King David. He'd be born of a virgin, born in Bethlehem. He'd be a Jew. Uh, he'd be from the tribe of Judah. And you start to roll out these 300 prophetic words that Jesus fulfilled, and it's mind-blowing. There's one verse I'd like us to just focus on here for a moment in Jeremiah chapter 23. Turn with me there. Jeremiah 23, verses 5 and 6 says this. It says, the days are coming. This is a prophetic word from the prophet Jeremiah. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. And some of our versions say, from the line of David. A king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. And in his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. Again, in this, there's hope. There's longing from the Jewish people, from God's people. They're waiting. There's this dream that a Messiah is coming. And when we get to Luke chapter 2, the angels pronounce, they are saying, look, hope is fulfilled. Hope is here. And I just want to say, when we look back in our own lives, the hopes and dreams that we've held, there are times that we've longed for things and they haven't happened We've waited for things. We've dreamed about things. Don't stop hoping. Don't stop believing because hope is here. So we talk about the past. Let's talk about the present for a moment. In Luke chapter 2, we see the Christmas story unfold. That first Christmas compared to today uh, is very different, I'm sure. But when you think of Christmas, what comes to mind? What does it mean to you? The fact that you're here today in our Christmas series here at the beginning here, it doesn't mean that you are filled with joy and love and peace and hope. In fact, for many, Christmas, the holidays, are a hard time. And I want to just acknowledge that we know that sometimes, uh, for some, it's the first season 
who have, where they've lost a loved one, and I, we've got some in our midst that that's the case. Or for this season, you're walking in to this Christmas season and your marriage is on the rocks. Even if you're here today together, no one knows, but, but you're struggling. Or maybe there's some job uncertainty. I talked with a gentleman in the lobby before service who his job just all of a sudden was, was cut and he, he kind of expected it. It was a temporary thing, but he's out of work and it's Christmas. He's saying, man, this is a hard thing, layoffs. For many, Christmas leaves them hopeless, lost without hope. And when I think of the word hopeless, I think back to my story this year, a little earlier this year. 2019 was, has been an incredible year. It's a year to remember, no doubt. We moved into our building. We had our grand opening, but we were still raising funds and, uh, in the month of April. And at the end, we're kind of at the end of our journey, a five-year journey of raising funds and then building. And uh, we had to be sharp and always on. And, and uh, the adrenaline was, was high, but the exhaustion rate was high as well. There was a weight on all of us. Um, on staff and, and even with the board and even some of you felt that as well and I certainly felt that and I've shared this publicly but when after April we raised our final uh, the, the final amount that was needed for our, our parking lot and our uh, our um, uh, landscaping uh, there was a few different occasions where I was waking up feeling hopeless that's how I would describe it three different times I made my, made my way to work here, and I was sitting in the lobby in one of the chairs, and I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? I called Jessica. She's at work, and she's like, I'm coming, and I'm going to, you know, she left work, came and sat with me in the lobby right here, prayed with me in the spirit for, for a time. And it moved us into a season where I took some time off, and you guys were gracious through that time. Uh, I was sent away for a three-day intensive, and then Jessica and I got away. You say, well, why in the world are you sharing that at Christmas? I'm sharing that because I've been there. And you may be in a spot where you're feeling hopeless. Christmas can leave people hopeless, even though there's hope all around. And what I've learned, I want to share a few things, is that my hope is linked to my faith. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, we see that as the scriptures describe what faith is, it, it also includes the word hope. Look what it says. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. Faith and hope can only be linked to one of two things. This is important. It can only be linked to something or someone. It's one of these two things. And we want to get our mind around this. So let's talk about something first. We all are sitting, or you're all sitting uh, here on a chair. You are putting your faith in the chairs that we have provided here that it's going to hold your weight on your way home today, some of you are going to go south and across the Grand Haven drawbridge, right? And you're going to put your faith in that bridge that it's going to support the weight of your car for your family. All of us here are breathing in oxygen. 
And we're, we have faith or hope that that's going to sustain us, right? Some of us put hope in, in uh, science or facts, or others put their hope in uh, money or in their job. And there's hope around that. And it's, there's a hope, there's a faith. You can use those words intertwined. Let's talk about the second one, someone, someone. When we talk about someone, we can talk about our spouses. We put our faith in our spouses. We put our hope in them. For those of you that are younger, you put your hope or your, 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 uh, your faith in your parents that they're going to do the right thing for you. Some of you put your hope in an employer. Some put their hope in a pastor, in a teacher. And did you realize that you can even put your hope or faith in yourself, in your own abilities? Let's go back and talk about something for a second. But the, the truth is, is that faith and hope is only as good as what it's connected to. And are you certain that, that when you put your hope in something, that it's not going to fail? If you put your hope in a home, a house, but a fire comes or a storm or natural disaster... Or if you're like some that are right in our lakeshore region here that are experiencing high waters, floods like they've never seen before, and the water's creeping closer and closer and eroding, are you so certain in that something? Or your job that you were so certain about, that something, that yes, I've, I put my hope in my job, and all of a sudden the business fails or your business ideas or someone gets fired. Or you put your hope in your car because you, you finally got a reliable car and then all of a sudden you're in a car wreck or it breaks down unexpectedly. Or if you put your hope in money, other things, you pile it up. I, I was thinking this week, I don't know why I was thinking about this, but on the church property where we first started our ministry, cut our teeth in Dayton, Ohio, there was a house there, and the, the rumor was is that this old guy stored money piled up in wads of cash all in the rafters of his house. And then he died unexpectedly. And it was true. There were, they went in, the family, and they tore the house apart, literally tore the house down looking for all of this money. And then the church built a cell phone tower uh, on that property. We, they bought the property after we left. But, but it's interesting. Some people put their hope in money. But you know, the stocks go up and they come down, right? Right now they seem to be up a little bit, but there's history of ups and downs. And when you look at someone, maybe if it's even worse, you say, how certain is it? Can I trust in someone you put your faith in a pastor or an employer, and then they decide you know, to, to do something stupid, right? Or they decide to close the business, your, your, your boss. Or your spouse has an affair, or your parent makes a mistake. Someone lies at work, they lose their job, whatever the case might be, and all of a sudden, someone, you're saying, man, I put my hope, I put my faith in this, and it seems uncertain. Well, I've got some news. It's not very good news at the first here, but at some level, everything and everyone in the world will let you down. Let's pray.
that encouraging word, let's, that's all I have for you today. No, no, no. So what do you do with hope if that's the case? That if everything and everyone within this world is going to let you down at some level, do you throw hope out the window? Some would say, yes, I refuse to put hope in anything or to put faith in anything. Hope is for those that are gullible, those that are superstitious, those that are full of tradition, fairy tales. It's wishful thinking. But I've learned that hope must be connected to something or someone. And the certainty is you increase your odds by the strength of the something or the someone that you put your hope in. But on this side of eternity, we're never 100%. We understand that. See, I kind of think of it like this, that hope is like an anchor. Check out this anchor, right? The huge anchor, right? And An anchor. Unless that anchor is connected to something, it's no good. An anchor is useless. It makes no sense to have an anchor unless it's tied to a boat. And hope must be tied to Jesus. And that's where the Christmas story rings true. The good news of the Christmas story, the angels were declaring. The Messiah, the Savior, has been born. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You say, well, what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, or 15, I should say. It says, now, uh, for I have received what I've passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to Scriptures, and he appeared to Cephas and then to the Twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living. So we know, according to Scripture, God, Jesus died, but then he raised from the dead. Verse 13, look at what it says. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. It's futile, right? And so is your faith. So is your hope. If Christ did not raise from the grave, we have no hope. More than that, we are then found to be witnesses or false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead, but he did not raise, if he did not raise, in fact, the dead are not raised. If, for if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. This is Paul's logic to the Corinthian church. And verse 17, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. That's miserable, right, to think about? Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. So he's saying, look, if you are believing in Christ and he didn't raise, you're to be pitied. But then verse 20, this is the kicker. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The truth of that is where our hope is connected. Hope is 
here. Jesus is the rock. He's the cornerstone. He's the Savior. He is our Messiah. And the reason we exist is because he's here. So we've looked at the past. We've looked at the present. Let's talk about the future here just for a moment. What about the future? About tomorrow, about next week, a year from now? Let's go back to our little diagram. Let's talk about something first. The stuff that we have, the things. According to Scripture, everything on earth will be gone, will be burned. Things on this side of eternity, they break, they wear out. The stock market goes up and down, like I said before. And I don't know about you, but I'm a guy that likes nice things. I like to buy things that are, will last, and I'm willing to pay a little bit more for something uh, if, if it's going to last the longer. Um, but the, even when you buy really nice stuff, you can lose things. Like I lost my prescription sunglasses that I used for running earlier this year. Like, ugh, just, I think I put them on the top of my car and drove away. Or things can get stolen. Things can be stolen. I was at the, at the Planet Fitness, and I left my beats there, my headless uh, uh, ear, earbuds that were not cheap, and I've had them for a couple years, but I left them there temporarily, and by the time I came back and asked for them, they were gone. Someone stole my beats, and I was mm, mad. But even if it's things aren't stolen or, or, or if I don't lose them, how many know styles change, right? Priorities change, and the things of this earth, the things that we once were interested in, we may not be. The bad news about the future is that some things will stay the same, some things will get worse, and some things might get better. We don't know. There's not one of us here that has a crystal ball. And when you talk about something, it's, it's, okay, it's one thing, but let's talk about someone, the people in our lives, in regards to the future. No one can predict the future. You say, well, is there no hope then? The bad news is that people will lie and cheat and steal and make mistakes. Your kids that you're raising, the kids I'm raising, they, they, they have their own free will. We cannot control them to some extent. You say, is there no hope then with the relationships with some the people in our lives? The bad news is the same, that it could, things could just stay the same with our relationships. They could get worse or they could get better. We don't know. And some people say, well, because of that, I throw hope out the window. Some people live that way. They never trust. They're never vulnerable again. They never love Fully, and it's sad, but it's true. But when you come to the Christmas story, you come back to Luke chapter 2 and this great pronouncement. What did it say? It said, But the angel said to them, right? The angel appears, says, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news, right? That good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And then it says, In the town of David, a Savior, a Messiah has been born to you. And there's hope. Hope is here. 
One more verse I want us to take a look at, Romans chapter 5. In Romans chapter 5, it says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we are now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. I've got that uh, highlighted in my Bible. Not only, but we also glory in our suffering. The idea that things may get worse, they get better, they may stay the same. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And then look what verse 5 says. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. There's hope. And hope can be found in the hardest of times, in the greatest of times, or when things just seem to be the same. There's hope for the future. But then it continues. Look at verse 6. It says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, still without hope, in other words, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for the righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. In other words, if there's a good person, it's possible. I mean, it's not probable, but it's possible that for a good person, that someone would give their life for them. But then it says, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, we were a wreck, hopeless, Christ died for us. And if you flip over just one more chapter, or one more, uh, uh, yeah, chapter, to chapter 6, verse 23, describes that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That is our blessed hope that our future is merry and bright. Amen? And as we talk about a Christmas to remember, creating a Christmas that would be unforgettable, we must be people that anchor ourselves to hope. And I promise you this, that the, your, the hope that you're looking for is not going to be found this year in a gift. It's not going to be found in a person. It's not going to be found with, you know, the people helping each other, even within our midst here, what we are even giving a Bible out and an extra gift card for the businesses. Uh, hope is not going to be found there. It's not going to be found in personal relationships. Your hope must be tied to Jesus. Must be anchored there. Otherwise, it does not make sense. Otherwise, your hope is useless until it's tied to a boat. Without Jesus, we'd be hopeless. But with the Lord, there is hope. Let's pray. And worship team, why don't you come? Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, God, that you are the one that brings hope. That within the Christmas story, we see great hope. We can put our faith in you because you died and you rose again. Lord, we thank you, God, for what you're doing in our midst. And God, if today, 
in these next several weeks as we cast the net, so to speak. We pray that people would find you, their lives would be transformed. That's why we're here. Pray that you'd meet us in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to those that are, might be here. As I'm looking here, I, I think I know pretty much everyone here at First Service. Almost. Maybe a couple that I don't know very well. That won't be the case second service. Second service is where all our guests come, <laughs> primarily. But you may be here and you're away from the Lord. And you need Jesus to be your Savior. We want to offer you the free gift of salvation. If you're here this morning, you're saying, man, Pastor, I, if I were to die today, I'm not sure I'd make it to heaven. We want to make sure that you know Put your hope in Jesus and he can save you. So with your head bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. This is a prayer of salvation. It's a prayer of repentance. And this prayer can be yours. And when I say repentance, I'm talking about turning. You're going one way, now you're turning 180 degrees the other way. There's a change, a, 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 a significant difference in your life when you give your heart to Jesus. If you're here, that's you. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. I'm sorry, Lord, for going against your ways. I'm sorry for the sin in my life. But Lord, I'm putting my faith, my hope in you, that you would take away my sin make me clean. Lord, that you would save me. Jesus, I pray that you would make my heart whiter than snow, according to your scripture. I believe you died on the cross, that you rose from the grave, like we read earlier today. And I pray that you just meet me now, save me now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If that was you today and you prayed that prayer with me, would you just slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. I'm not sure that would be anyone here for service. Certainly we want to connect with you if that was the case. Anyone at all? I'm going to ask that you stand, and I want to just finish today's message coming back to my story that I shared briefly earlier. I've gone back to the notes of my hopeless season this year, 2019, earlier this year, on many occasions, but again this week I pulled out those notes. And as I was with a counselor, a Christian counselor, we talked about my physical life, me taking days off and me finding rest. We talked about my emotional well-being, that when I get agitated, I need to go deep, and uh, that I can't let things build up. I need to face things head on. We talked about socially and relationally, that uh, Jessica and I, we needed some friends, and uh, we needed to make sure our marriage was super strong, 
the thing that I walked away in that season realizing the most was my spiritual life. It's not like I walked away from the Lord, not even close. But the intimacy I had with Jesus was waning. I needed to slow down and go deep with the Lord. I established prayer and fasting again as a routine in my life and have been doing that. I've asked the Lord to sear my conscience in regards to media and movies and music. And as I was thinking and praying this week for us, where my heart went is that we must be tied to Jesus. It's the only hope we have. And I don't know where your walk with the Lord is today. But if you're in a season where you need to dive in go deep, I'm going to encourage you to take the steps that you need to do to make sure that that happens. When you pursue the Lord, He will never, ever be disappointed. And I'm just curious, and if there's anyone here to say, Pastor, I need to address my relationship with the Lord this season. Would you just slip up your hand right where you are? Ooh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes, thank you. Who else? Thank you. Yeah. And some of you are afraid to raise your hand, and I get it. That's fine. But you need it too. Lord, I pray that you sensing that I want to just leave kind of in a moment of uh, where the maybe the altars will be open and Mary if you would just play uh, I'm going to ask that you would just before you leave just spend a moment just you and the Lord you may want to come forward and check out our new carpet out front kneel on that it's awesome or you can be right where you are but let's exit quietly today. Let's refrain our connections until we get back into the lobby. And let's let just this message just rest today on our hearts. Lord, I pray that once we decide to go, that you would go before us, behind us, and all around us. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If the altars are open, you can stay where you are. You're dismissed when you feel led. God bless you. Go in the grace of God. 
Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.